0: All right, I'm here with Dave Arbetter from Arbetter Hot Dog, the best chili dog in Miami. A Miami institution. What's up, bud? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Good man. To see you, man. It's Good funny. I've to always told people that you are like the the American version of Versailles on 8th Street. yet you're in Westchester, the heart of Latin community, and you're the most popular restaurant.
1: It's crazy. And we're completely I mean, we we're I would say Westchester is 90% Hispanic. Right. 10% you know, I guess white English speaking or whatever or English speaking. And, you know, it's funny, but Versailles, we're we're almost like more like Versailles than Versailles, but we don't get that. We don't get that play that Versailles gets as far as the uh, politicians come in there. Right, right. And I think it's because Versailles is, you know, the Hispanic restaurant. Yeah. But this is, don't forget here, we probably do get about 80% of our customers are Hispanic. Yeah. You know, and they're... Hispanics who, who some of them don't speak any English, some of them been living here and grew up here, so you get you get a good mixture of everything. So
0: what's the origin story? I've heard so many. I, look, I've been coming here since I was a kid. Been here since 1959. Uh, and there's just so many stories, how it started, a hot dog stand, or your mom's chili. Like, what is the, the background of, of, of the start of the restaurant?
1: I'll, I'll tell you, my dad, uh, my dad's dad, my grandfather, uh, they were from Boston, Massachusetts, a place called Saugus. It's like a suburb. It's like Miami is, uh, South Miami is to Miami. Uh, it's up in Boston, and it's called Saugus. And my grandfather was a doctor, and uh, he uh, had a, you know a little bit of money enough to take my dad when he was little, like starting at about four, five, six years old, they had season tickets to the Red Sox. So they would drive in, you know, in the in the 30s, starting in about 1935 or 36, and they would, you know, drive in in their old Ford or whatever it was, and they would go to the Red Sox games. But before the game, they would st- always stop. It became almost like a religion for them. They would stop at this place called Joe and Nemo's. Okay. Okay, and there were two cousins, Joe and then, you know, Ampersand and Nemo. That's the guy's name. And these guys, they had a hot dog stand. And that place had been there since 1906 in Boston. So it was famous and it was mobbed. And my dad literally fell in love with hot dogs when he was a little kid. So time comes to, for my dad I mean, when he's in high school. And my grandfather wanted him to become, go to college for, to become a doctor. Yeah. And my dad wanted nothing to do with that. He, All he could dream about was being a, on a hot dog stand. And that's what he ended up doing. He, was a, he, he went in Korea War first, then he came down to University of Miami. He actually played on the baseball team as a second baseman. Um, my friend Burger Beast has clippings from it that he actually played. Very cool. Uh, and then he became a, uh, a mailman at 67th here, Ludlam, the Ludlam yeah. mail post. And uh, after that, he quit that job and he just went for it. He and my mom, they opened a place on Flagler really in 1958. And my mom, we lived in Westwood Lake. We, we bought a house in Westwood Lake in 56 for $12,000. Crazy. And uh, my mom would, uh, she was from Italy. My mom's from Italy. She's a great, she was a great cook. And she would cook the chili at home. They didn't really have cooking facilities. My dad was a horrible cook. But she would cook the chili, take my brother in tow, who was born in 55. He was only about three years old. And get on a, a city bus and with the big pot of chili yeah. <laughs> if you <laughs> could see it i mean that no would never standby. fly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah very true story and she would go all the way to flagler which you know back then westwood lake to flagler was a that was a big that was deal. A hike yeah it you know, was a hike and most people didn't even live this far west right. you know so that's what she did and then they started the restaurant in the most humble simplest terms you could possibly do so and, and, and it started here like, in West Flagler. Well, it then, started flagler and then they moved uh they moved to westchester in 61. For a year, they lived. They sorry, they had a place right down the road here, Uh, two blocks down. It's a uh, used to be a Dairy Queen, uh, and my parents had it. uh, I think I don't know if it was after. I think it was after it was a Dairy Queen. They had it for one year. Then they moved for ten years to uh, Eighth Street and Fifty Eighth, Fifty Eight Forty Southwest Eighth Street, right next to a Dairy Queen, ironically, and then uh, they got kicked out of that place because they didn't have a lease. So they were there ten years. My dad cooked burgers there and hot dogs and he had a nice little business but uh he didn't have a lease and the guy who took over the dairy queen bought the whole property there's two little like buildings one was dairy queen and one was our and they were there forever this guy hal bailey owned the dairy queen and he owned the property he got sort of sick he sold the property to this guy ernie uh-huh. and ernie just saw my dad's business it was a pretty good business and he's like hey, any idiot could run a hot dog stand. <laughs> my dad found this place, my mom and dad, and opened right here in 71.
0: I mentioned to you, I haven't, I hadn't been here since 1994, right? So I grew up in the area, went to high school down the street, and then you mentioned a story about your dad in the 30s going to uh, a, a, a hot dog stand in Boston, making him feel like home. I hadn't been here since 94, I walk in 2023, 20, and I, it's just the hospitality. Like I felt like I never left. The dogs are the same. The feel, the vibe. How did you create that?
1: Well, you know, um, I was out of town for a few years. I owned the place, but I, I lived out in Portland, Oregon, for a few years, and uh, I let some other people run the place. Uh, my sister ran it for a while, and it just—they did a pretty good job. I yeah. don't want to—I don't want to beat anybody up, but the love wasn't there. So I came. I really came back about uh about eight years ago seven seven and a half years ago and i put about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the place uh i kept it the same yeah but i but i you know i put in a a beautiful new counter that was actually modeled after the original counter that had been changed in 77. the original counter here was put in in 67. we came in 70 71 to this spot uh you know we had been in business since 58. I really, I put down 59, but it's really 58. And you know, so I put the original counter back that was here as far the specs for it. Yeah. And then we had A Hole Sniffs Glue uh, paint the top of the counter. He's a local legend, an art uh, artist legend. Uh, he does a lot of Winwood stuff. And then and, uh, Abel Sanchez yeah. helped. I had the idea for the counter, and a- and I told Abel I wanted to be uh, have it to be art, you know, an art friendly counter. I wanted real artwork from a local artist. And he said, "Hey, I got a friend called Ahole Sniffs Glue. His name is Dave, right? Yeah. Dave Anagestesia or something. And and Dave is a great guy. And Abel hooked us up. You know, Able. Very cool, of course. And, uh, and 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 he, and then we put the counter up about I don't know about five years ago. Beautiful, best counter ever. And and then you know I just I, I redid every single aspect of the place. But I I I liken it to uh, like a '62 Impala or a '64 Impala that was beat up in bad shape, in horrible shape." And then you keep everything the same, but you make it brand new again, sure. and everyone loves that. Yeah, and that's what's happened here. And we've, since I got here, we've tri- literally tripled business. So you know the place is absolutely insanely spotless now. Yeah, because I'm a fanatic about clinical. It is. It's you you great. Know, it's spotless. Um, everything's new, but it looks like it had always been here because I put the original. Everything I've done is original here.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, look, running a restaurant's a lot more than just serving a meal, yeah. and the details matter. How did you create these raving fans? I, I know grandfathers who went to my high school, which is right down the street, who bring their grandsons, and it's just like this generational. Yeah, once a month, twice a month, I go to
1: our betters, and I got my dog that I love. Right. Right. How did you create those raving fans? By the way, that's the Bird Road uh, the, yeah. that I know and love. <laughs> right there. So you got, I hope you, so leave you really that get that a flavor you got, right. You, you got to leave all that because that's Bird Road. Um, Well, look. My job was the easy job. My job of basically renovating it and bringing the business up was the easy job. The hard job was my mom and dad and my brother, you know, and my sister, uh, uh, who sort of were here over the years, you know, and me. Uh, We built this business and we built it uh, back from '59 on, and we were always. I always tell people we were always nice. That's what my parents were—just nice people. Yeah. Back then, Miami was a much nicer place than it is now, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's a It's a tougher place, but if you know people like we know people, like yeah. we, we've had lifelong friends, okay? If you know people like we know people, Miami's the most friendly town ever. Right. You know, it's just if you move here and you're new, maybe it's not the most friendly place you'll ever go. You right. Know? But once you really know people and get to know people here, as you know, it's, yeah. it, you, it's like it's like home when you come back. You you, you have a, a big
0: So you're old school like I am. Yeah, my my handshake, my word is my bond. Yeah, but now the world is digital, and you actually have a pretty big digital following. How important are reviews in the digital space for you guys, or is it just look, man? I don't care about that. Word of mouth is what drives me. Well, you know,
1: thank thank you for actually thank you for mentioning that. When when I. You know, I own the place, but I, I let other people run it. Yeah. When I came back, our reviews on Yelp were only 3.5. That's horrible. Our reviews on Google were like 3.75, which is for Google. That's horrible. We are, I'm proud to say this now, out of, uh, I think, 16,000 total restaurants in Dayton, Broward, we're top 2% highest rated. We're 4.5 on Yelp. To go from 3.5 to 4.5 is almost impossible. Really. Especially when you've had... We have like on Yelp right now, I think we have uh, 550 reviews ish, give or take, or somewhere in there. Uh, but we went, you know, we had already had like 175 reviews when I came back. So it's very difficult to start bad and go good on, on, on Yelp. But we're, the reviews are so important. I mean, to me, it, I, I almost want to see a, a, a shrink because. They bug me so much when I get a bad review, and I get 99% <laughs> great reviews on Google. We're four, I think we're 4.8 and a half, almost 4.9, almost yeah. as high as you can get. And uh, you know, so but any, still to this day, if I get a bad review, it drives me insane because I'll do almost anything in the world for my customers. Yeah,
0: you're you're a perfectionist. You yeah. want everything done right, right and right. and to the and to the best to the best of your ability. Yeah. Um how do you come up with hot dogs? Now, I know Dr. Carter Burrs right. probably came in, for the for the viewers at home that don't know him, he's a legend in Miami, professor. Uh, he's also the biggest 80-year-old man, uh, works out every day, big, strong guy. He probably came in here and twisted your arm. But h- how do you come up with ideas for new hot dogs?
1: Well, you know, first of all, we always had the same hot dog. We had the this boiled uh, mixture of uh, pork and beef. Right. It's what we started with um, about... Seven years ago, I brought in the Sabret. You've heard of Sabrettes, right? Yeah. They're a New York dog. They're always voted basically number one dog in the whole United States, almost every year. We have a Sabret with natural casing. That means it's got a snap to it. Mm -hmm. We added that seven years ago. We added a grill seven years ago. But we never changed what brought us here. And that's that boiled dog. So uh, a lot of people love the boiled dog. But on reviews, we noticed that, People who loved the boiled loved it, right. but the ones who didn't were like, wait, that's a cheap dog. Why, why don't they have a grilled dog? Why don't they have an all-beef? So actually, I brought in what I think uh, is the best all-beef dog in the world. Now, we did a, a taste test here before I brought this dog in. We had 20 different hot dogs. We had the Hebrew National. I brought in a Nathan's dog. I brought in uh, almost any dog that you could think of that was popular. Yeah. And I did blind taste tests. And of course, what won was the Sabret. So we started serving that Sabret seven years ago. And we started off, you know, because we sell about 1,200 dogs a day now. Okay. So in the beginning, out of 1,200, you know, uh, 1,180 were the boiled. Little by little, little by little, now we do about 30% of our dogs are the Sabret dogs. Wow, yeah. okay. So we have an all beef sabret, uh that's a four ounce, a two ounce. And one, you know, the four ounce doesn't have a natural casing. Yeah. The the monster, we have a monster dog that's 12 inches and it's eight ounces. It's insanely huge. It's a great dog. So we've added, you know, we've added a bunch of things and we've added different flavors. Like we have the Hawaiian dog, the Dave Dunn. Yeah, which is great. The football coach for Columbus who won two state titles uh, in the past three years. Uh, The Carter Burris is a perfect example. Dr. Burris always... Once he got a taste of that all-beef dog, he loved it, and he would put uh, coleslaw on top of it and chili. So we named that the Carter Burris dog. I have the Grant Miller. He's a local legend. Yeah, he's a local guy, yeah. I I don't try to name our dogs after, like, Pitbull or something. Of course not. I try to name them after local legends. You know, we have the Ted... He's another guy. He is. He's the Sabret. He helped me bring the Sabret in. I actually already had the Sabret, but he helped me bring in the natural casing Sabret. Grant Miller is. He owns 12 community Miami community newspapers. Yeah. We have. Uh, we have the. Uh, we have just the, uh, named after John Suss. Guys, who, John Suss been coming here since 1962. Yeah. He started when he was two years old with his father coming hey, in. He's here. part of the
0: fabric. He's part of the, part of the yeah. fabric.
1: So we have a lot of dogs, you know, uh, U- uh, Ulysses, Yuli, Yuli Monster. Yeah, he's the a fighter. boxer. He's yeah. a fighter. We have one named after him. He's a West, Westchester legend. And we're going to probably name one after uh, after the artist, A. Sniffs Glue, here pretty soon. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. Yeah, so, but what, what we try to do, like with Dr. Burris, he, he started to love that dog. And then he changed to keto. So now we have. You have to be 18 years old or at least 20, you know, 18 yeah. minimum, but maybe even 21 years to order it. It's the naked Dr. Burris. There's the no n- bun. So you have to be, you have to show ID. So I may order yeah. one, after. Yeah, I may exactly. one after. Yeah, so there's a lot of legends.
0: We're going to talk about Larry Bird in a little bit because right. there's a Larry Bird spin here at your restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that we may, you and I may have some beef with, but, yeah, yeah. but we're good. So our betters is up. is, is a, you know it, it it's not just part of the community it's part of your family right you have family members how do you manage the business and then the family dynamic
1: i always try to talk family out of working uh, because you know so often family and I, you know when i was younger i got, i got nailed into this too you just start working for your parents' business. Sure. And, and half the time, you'll look at the kids. The parents are ecstatic. They're happy. And the kids are miserable because, <laughs> you know, they got to live up to the father's legend. Sure. Or they have to, you know, back when I was growing up, kids were to be seen and not heard. Yeah. You know, so you'd have to be there. And, you're, 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 you know, my dad wouldn't shut up back then. He, he had a great personality. And you would just sit there and be quiet. But, you know, so I always told my children, listen don't work here but you know my son does now work here and it's because he really wants to work here right. and he loves it and he's fitting people love him here his name is austin uh my sister's kids worked here andrew and casey they did a great job they were happy you know but ultimately if you grow up working like with andrew and casey i told him look guys our place hopefully will always be here but they had started working there when they were like 10 years old and that's, that's really all they had ever done. So I told them, get out there and do something else. Yeah. And they did, and they're happier. And they may come back one day, but, you know, my kid was out doing other stuff, and then he came back as an adult, so it was a little different, you know. My brother worked here for many years, and there was times he loved it, and there was times he was miserable. Sure, man. My sister, I think the same thing, you yeah. know. So you got to be careful when it, kids yeah, are working I mean, there.
0: And it, so it, it's funny because when I talk about, like, Westchester, yeah. or I mention Westchester, one of the – First, you know they say Christopher Columbus High School, right, right. but they'll say betters. Really? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. They're like, oh yeah, that, that's it. where that hot dog place our really? is. Yeah, I that love place. It. and then it's always like that place has been there forever. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you and I guys, because I was like, how yeah. long has it been there? And I, you know, right. I looked it up, and I was like, right. oh, well, we we, we got to chat. But um, you know, back to what I was saying. I lived in Chicago many years. I just got back from Chicago. Great city, but one of the heartbreaks for me was. Uh, it's, it's, it's a city defined by its neighborhoods, right? right? So you go to Lincoln Park, you go to Ukrainian Village, whatever, whatever. And in every neighborhood, there's a great uh, community restaurant, I'll call right. it, right? right? And almost all of them are multi-generational family, and they take an enormous amount of pride. Many are immigrants, and they go, I came here, I opened it up with 50 bucks, I grew it, I put the kid through college, blah, 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 and I pass <laughs> right. it on to the nephew, blah, blah, blah. and I go back, and a lot of those places are closed. And it, and it, it was that it COVID wave.
1: Yeah. How did you get through COVID? COVID was very... Difficult. It really was. It was like, it's a a
0: funeral. The restaurants in the neighborhood.
1: I was like, it's a funeral. We lost a lot of restaurants. We really did. And, you know, even even our restaurant, we we could have very easily uh, gone sideways. But we pivoted immediately. You had to sort of work quickly. We pivoted to just to go only. We had about three months that we could only do to goes and uh, our, expense, our expense ratio compared to revenue, total revenue, got really messed up. So we went you know, from, you're, you're supposed to have a cost of goods sold around 25%, okay. and it really went up to like 40, 45, 50%, which is unsustainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we sorta of hung in there, uh, and just hung in there as long as we can. We, you know, we, uh, we had a little help from the uh, PPP loan, sure, sure. but we used all that like we were supposed to for employees. We never, we never fired one single employee. We never even lowered the hours of one single employee. I'm, pr- I'm very proud of that. You should and be. To this day, we have a plethora of employees because we, I think we treated them like true family. That's what they are to us. The, the employees at betters have always been family. And I mean, John Angelica, I'll give you an example, has been here since 1972. My parents, my mom from Italy then moved down here in like 1936. She was neighbor to John's father in 36, 37, 38, down in a place called Holiday Park in Miami. It's right, it's Northwest 14th and 7th Avenue. Okay, it's where the, you know, Jackson is and the, the highway intersects and you go yeah, across yeah, that yeah. highway and and where the trees are right there. And that's called that's called Holiday Park. And that's where my mom grew up basically. And that my John who's worked here since seventy two. You know, her, her neighbor was uh, Pasco Angelica, John Angelica's father. So we've known the Angelicas since like nineteen thirty six. Yeah, you're not laying that guy off. No, no way. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John's You're catch COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he by the way, he's like the hardest worker you've ever yeah. met in your life, you know. But he's been here seventy two. And I tell people, John got a degree from UM, he's a very smart guy. He didn't have to be here the whole time, and he did take about 10 years where he did something else. Yeah. But he's been here essentially for 50 something years. Yeah,
0: you treated your team great, just like you treat your employees. That they rewarded you, they've stuck around, they, they yeah. through the hard times. You gotta be good to them in the, in the good times and in the bad That's times, right. I mean, you, That's gotta, right. you, you gotta lean on them. So, Family Affair, lots of long-time employees. Expansion of R-Betters. Where do you see expansion? Would you do it? What's the future of R-Betters?
1: Well, thank you for asking that. Uh, You know, we've had at one time, we had 10 R-Betters, believe it or not. I didn't know that. We had one in North Miami, one in Hialeah. We had like four or five up in Brevard County. We had one in Tampa. We had this one. Uh, There's still one, out of all that, there's still one in Brevard County in Cocoa, run by a good friend of ours, uh, named Luigi Fabrizi, he, start, he started it with my my uncle, and uh, that one actually has a drive-through. So he's 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 the only guy who's really hung in there. Um, it's a very tricky place to run. Right. Our betters, every time we we sort of let loose of the reins. Yeah. Every single time, it, it somehow didn't didn't go well. But you know, you really have to. It could go well. Right. You could franchise it. I, I could really do it because I, I know exactly what went wrong with every single arbiter's what basically goes wrong is it's a very small menu here okay and we love yeah. keeping it small i i could have added burgers i was going to add royal castle style burgers yeah, here yeah. i put a grill in but i decided against it because i don't want people walking in and smelling hamburgers i want to order hamburgers. right we're a hot dog place i'll add any hot dog in the world but i will not add anything else we've added you know some onion rings and some tater tots and, and different things that weren't on the menu, our menu's really expanded, but only to hot dogs, basically. Right. And things affiliated with hot dogs. Like, okay, we have bottled drinks now. We have 47 bottled drinks. We never had that in the 70s. Yeah. But we do. But that's, again, not anything that's going to slow us down or hurt yeah. us. But the problem is, with the small menu, when you sell these places, you have to keep your quality super high, right because we're selling hot dogs and you people think well hot dogs what what does that have to do with quality believe it or not trust me for sure there's there's quality dogs and there's not there's quality fries and there's not yeah. there's quality oil and there's not and then you you have to have the highest quality and what people expect now our chili is homemade every single day our hot relish is homemade every single day so you have to keep uh, all that quality and the way we do it the same so What people do when they buy this place is immediately they want margin. Oh, I got to make more money. Right. So what they the first thing they do is they lower the quality of the fry. Really. Yeah, our fry. I tell everyone what fry we use. It's the best fry in the world. No one in their right mind would spend (laughs) what I spend on fries. Okay. by the way, it's better than a hand-cut fry. It's the best fry, really, in the world, I think. Yeah. And so, the first thing they do is lower quality. Ah, people won't notice. And you know, in the beginning, people don't say anything. People, customers have a habit of not saying anything right. unless unless it finally just gets to them or they'll stop coming. They just get sort of depressed. Yeah. Have you ever been to a restaurant before, Dan, where you know, you're going there for years and all of a sudden they lower the quality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know it right away. You know it right away, right? So the
0: the the quality, consistency, you could put together the playbooks, you could scale it. But the one thing that this place is there's a culture to it, the way that you treat people, right customers and that's the stuff that's gonna be tough to do. Well, here's your your hardcore Old school employees. Um, if you yeah. told them right now, guys, we're going to cut back on the quality just to make an extra couple points on margin, they'd be like, "What the f? Are no, they, you doing? They, I'm, I'm out they, of here."
1: They know I would never say that. I, I'm so fanatical, right. About keep. That's why once in a blue moon, out of out of ten thousand reviews, you might get one that says, "Oh, they changed the quality," and I'm just, I, it, it brings me to tears, literally. Yeah, right. That's how much I care. But besides that, it's one hundred percent not true. I've, I would never ever change quality on anything here. Now during COVID, as you know supply chain issues right I get it you know I couldn't help a few things but that wasn't me at all that's just because I couldn't get maybe our fries for a week or I couldn't get our dogs but I would never change but back to you know when someone buys these places the next thing they do is they'll change the quality of the dog and then they'll raise the prices and which we've had to a little but not you know they'll do it without any impetus like like inflation and then they'll uh, lower they'll stop paying our guys we pay our guys Incredibly well, yeah. For for a fast sure, food restaurant, of course, restaurant. of course. And they'll stop paying them, and then they start treating them like crap, yeah. And then they start cutting down the, the staff, and then instead of treating people like family who work here, and then the, 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 that relates to the customers. They they get pissed off. They get
0: because, pissed off, man. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Buena Vista Creative, Miami's premier digital marketing agency. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com for more info on how Buena Vista can help your business increase revenue and create the brand and digital presence it deserves. Video and podcast production, web and app development, search engine and social media marketing, logo creation, outdoor print, swag, and more. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com to learn more. All right, how many hot dogs do you eat a week? Believe it or not, I, I, <laughs> I'm keto, okay? Okay. But, so you don't um, eat the Dr. Well, uh, Burris don't, yeah, the dog? I,
1: I don't eat the uh, bun. I have a naked Dr. Burris probably once a week. Once Just a week. because, uh, you know, look. They're hot dogs. I, I, I love them. Yeah. You know, my dad used to eat four or five a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I still, you know, I still try to maintain, you know, uh, what's called a healthy diet. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I only eat the all beef dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, but I'll probably eat it twice a week. Twice I, a week. I, I come here for dinner twice a week.
0: How do you decide on new hot dogs? So you want to roll out
1: a new hot dog like you yeah. do it or is there a tasting between the staff? Uh, well, any. I had a guy, okay, for instance, we didn't have the Chicago dog. Right. The Chicago dog is a world famous dog. That originated in Chicago. Yeah. Um, our Chicago dog is 100% uh, exactly like a real Chicago dog, except we use the Sabret all beef natural casing grilled instead of the Vienna. The Vienna, right. Okay, so some people say, well, it's not a Chicago then. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. Because a lot of places in Chicago don't use a Vienna. A lot of people relate to... A Vienna dog to the Chicago. And it's true, but we use all the Vienna topping excuse me. We use uh we use the Vienna uh sport pepper, the Vienna neon green relish, uh, and and the Vienna pickle. Right. From Chicago. We have them flown in. Wow. One hundred percent. We just believe in the sabrette dog wholeheartedly. That that that's your thing. That's our thing. You know, besides our original dog. So, you know, besides that. But, so, but really, that was just something that I knew that Chicago dog would be a great seller, and it is. Then a guy came in from New York. And he's like, look, man, I love your dogs. We had already had the Sabret dogs. Why don't you have a New York dog with the New York, New York, uh, yeah. um, they put these grilled, uh, no, the, they're cooked onions in tomato and red sauce. Or milk, right, right. And they're made by Sabret. We bring those in. And then we put sauerkraut on that, and that's our New York dog with mustard. Uh, And then we have a Miami dog that we just invented. The Miami dog has fresh chopped tomatoes, mayonnaise, which you know the Hispanics uh, here love mayonnaise. (laughs) Mayonnaise. Uh, It has mustard on it. It has fresh chopped onions on there, and it's got um, what else is it? Oh, it has the uh, crunchies, the uh, The little fries, yeah, yeah, yeah. potato fries. They love here. So the Miami dog is a super popular dog. And then. You know, another dog, I wanted, I love pineapple on a dog personally. Yeah. Some people hate it.
0: What about pineapple on a pizza? But
1: we, yeah. Like, I too. I just had it the other day. I had the keto pizza, which is the, uh, uh, what's it called, with the uh, cauliflower crust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it still raised my, raised my blood sugar, but we won't go there. Uh, okay. But, you know, so we have this uh, Dave Dunn dog, which has bacon, fresh bacon, incredible bacon, with uh, you know, uh, onions, and it's got uh, pineapples, and it's got barbecue sauce, and it's just a beautiful dog on the sub yeah. dog. So, but yeah, so we
0: just you know you come up with ideas like, and you go I, with it. I, I love hot dog culture because it's like uh, you got the New York, you yeah. got Chicago, Cincinnati's got the also the chili. Yeah, right, right. Well, what other city do you think like has
1: this unique hot dog culture that someone well, may not be trying? I'm glad you brought up Cincinnati because we have Cincinnati is a big hot dog town. Right. Detroit's a big hot dog yep. town. Boston's a big hot dog town, and obviously New York. And believe it or not, West Virginia is a big hot dog state. North Carolina really? loves hot that. dogs. Okay. Yeah, So there's certain places. Arizona, you know, they have the Arizona dog, which is a, a dog wrapped all the way around in bacon with a nacho cheese, with tomatoes, with onions. That's a great dog. And I was talking with a guy today. He's talking about coming up with ideas with hot dogs. And he's from Chile. He, I don't know how he found this place, but he found it. And he, (laughs) I think he lives over in Edgewater, which is over by Midtown. Yeah, yeah. He lives in a condo over there. And he goes, I found your place. He goes, I love it. So so he started talking about hot dogs. And I go, what's the deal with chili? He goes, the third most famous food in Chile, they have it for breakfast. It's called a completo. Uh It's a hot dog they have for breakfast. It's a jumbo, all beef, four-ounce dog on a beautiful bun. And they put, lathered with mayo, they put fresh like a guacamole but it's just mashed down avocado aguacate yeah. then they put um they put like a tomato no like a ketchup yeah. it's like a tomato sauce homemade and then they got one more thing on there i can't really remember what it was maybe it was the onions but that's for breakfast that's for breakfast yeah. and i was thinking boy i'd love to have that completo. i don't think a lot of people would know it here right because this is predominantly you know venezuelan cuban yeah. But uh, you know, I think they would like it because that's a dog. But he said, and I and I agree, you have to. have The key to that dog yes. is having the fresh avocado. And I told him, I would never do anything that's not fresh and not the best here. Yeah, so, yeah. That's crazy. All right,
0: uh, I want to start a restaurant, uh, quick serve uh, Philly cheesesteak,
1: maybe even a croqueta stand. Right. Lessons learned, advice you would give me. I'm gonna. This is gonna sound counterintuitive. Yeah. Because even if I, if we ever sold our Arbitters, I would have really <laughs> want this to get out. But I know someone would always want to buy this Sure, place. of course, but, of course. But, and they probably went to Christopher Columbus. High School. <laughs> <they yeah>. went, <laughs> you're right. And they're probably wealthy. But yeah. here's the deal. I would talk anyone out of it, okay? Because this job, you have to commit almost 100 hours. Now, listen, it, this place is booming right now. Right. And it is. it looks like it is on autopilot. And in essence, it is on autopilot. But I spend 80 hours a week out of love, pure love. So if you're not willing to spend at least 60 hours, and we talked about working out earlier, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, you know, you have that guy, David Goggins. You yeah, 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 of course. That guy works out like a maniac. And that's how you have to be committed yeah. to a restaurant. you got to commit almost your soul to it. Yeah. And, you know, because <laughs> um, if I talk to someone and they're unhappy, I will, I don't cry ever. I will break down in tears. Yeah, that's how insane I am over this place. I care about more about this place, pretty much than anything in the world, because it, look, it, it gives my family. It shows. You walk in yeah. here, and in
0: five minutes, you know it. Yeah, you know that, the owner cares. Right. That's you know all it. I do.
1: I only care about this place. So, you know, you better care about it. Yeah. Okay. But the the thing is, if you buy this place, buy it out of love, and you're gonna you're gonna do phenomenally well. You will be loved by the community. Yeah, for absolutely. the most part. Yeah,
0: you took care of it. You're right. a
1: caretaker of this And I will take treasure. care of any Westchesteran, Westchesterite, whatever you call us, or any Miamian, because I'm a Miami freak. I love Miami. I love Westchester. And so, you know, during Hurricane Andrew, if someone didn't have money, they got free food for you know a month or whatever. That's great. So we care about our community yeah. insanely. So I think that's. That's what you got to do to own a restaurant nowadays because of reviews and everything it's, it takes an emotional toll on you unless you are invested it's the one business that every single every single person
0: every restaurant owner i've ever asked yeah. will immediately try to talk you out yeah, of it you know I'm like oh i want exactly. to start an insurance business well insurance is a great business it's great no, business that's right <laughs> get the fuck out of it just you know. get out of yeah, it, get you it, you get out here you don't want
1: anything to do with it you know
0: all right so yeah. the restaurant i understand it's booming it's done well uh i'd like to buy you a gift and that gift is Potentially a Jimmy Butler Jersey so that I could put it over that Larry Bird Jersey that you've got in there <laughs> What's the story with Larry Bird now for those people at home watching? Uh, if you're at our correct me if I'm wrong if you're here and you say I love Larry Bird or I love Bob Cousy You got a free refill is that right. still?
1: Uh, well, I'll tell you something my there f- are... our, my dad was an insane Bob Cousy fan, okay? okay. I mean insane so he grew up in Boston, you know, he moved here in the fifties. But Cousy started, I think, in the early fifties for Boston, and my dad was already the Bill. He when he was the a little Bill
0: Russell era, yeah, yeah,
1: Bill Russell. Before that, even before all that, when he used to call him when he was a little kid the Celtics. Just <laughs> yeah, he he pronounced it, he mispronounced it. Yeah. But that's how little he was when he started loving the Celtics. This is like the thirties, you know. So finally, when Cousy comes. My dad becomes a Koozie, Bob Kuzi fanatic. Our first dog was named Koozie, okay? <laughs> this is back in this early 60s. So, he started, uh, when, when Larry Bird came around, he just loved the way Larry Bird played. Yeah. And the Celtics had sort of had a little dry spell there, you know, after Dave Cowens and everything yeah, yeah. left. So, when Larry Bird came, I think in 1980, we flew up to Boston and went to Larry Bird's first home game, me and my dad. Very cool. Okay? And then... We came back down, and my dad goes, there was no such thing as free refills back then. You had to pay, like, 50 cents or okay. a full refill or a quarter. And my dad goes, if, any, if you say I love Larry Bird, we're going to give you a free refill. He made that sign in 1980. That's up there. Wow. It says, you know, free refills if you say I love Larry Bird or Bob Cousy, you know. So now we've added our friends at Tax Pros. But it's Larry <laughs> Bird, Bob Cousy, Tax Pros, and— I had the pleasure of uh, Dan Del He yeah. graduated in 83. He mm-hmm. was a champion wrestler at Columbus. Yep. He invite, he's very wealthy. He owns a yacht basin down here. He a uh, yacht repair at in on the Miami River and he's best friends with Larry Bird. Literally best friends. I don't I mean, even know how, I don't know how it happened, but they're best friends. So, he called me one day and he said, "Look, Larry Bird's in town. I'm going to take you on the boat." I, so I didn't really believe it. And sure enough, that, that first time, something happened to uh, uh, I think something happened to Dan's father. He tripped or something, and and he got hurt. And so they canceled it out. So I'm thinking, yeah, right. This is never going to happen. Yeah. So about three years later, I get a call from Dan. Get ready. You're, you're going to go to the yacht club right now. I mean, go to the yacht, my yacht uh, repair place now. He has beautiful yachts, and he owns a beautiful yacht. Get on the boat. You're going They're going to drive. My my captain's going to drive you. And one other person to the Miami Arena, and Larry Bird's there with me. We're at the game, and we're gonna pick Larry Bird up, and we're gonna go out on this shot. <laughs> and sure enough, we pull right into Miami Arena, and that you know how they have that little yeah, of like, course, yeah. We pull right in there, and I help on to the boat, Larry Bird. I reach wow. out, Mr. Larry Bird, he and gets he, he grabbed you with that crooked, he does, finger. That crooked <laughs> yeah, yeah. finger. He's the finger, is yeah, he's unbelievable. Got that big ball. It's yeah. literally crooked like yeah. right, like two inches. So we're on this boat for six hours. And Bird is the the meanest, nice guy you'll ever meet. He doesn't say a word really to anyone. Right. And there's only four of us on this boat besides the captain. And so it's us and Larry Bird. Are you wearing a Larry Bird shirt? No, I'm not, I'm not wearing a Larry <laughs> He's Bird shirt. Like, I got psycho. a picture of it. I was wearing an Arbiter's yeah. shirt. Yeah. I had an Arbiter's hat, yeah. <laughs> like, like my idiot style that yeah, I was yeah, wearing yeah. backwards, like a moron. So Larry started drinking, and once he started drinking, he started to loosen up, okay? <laughs> and he started telling every story in the book. First of all, he hates Dennis Rodman with a passion. <laughs> uh, he said Dennis Rodman, to quote, unquote, stinks. Like like he smelled. Yeah, yeah. He didn't take showers, you know, that's uh. what he said. Uh, he hated Rodman. Loves uh, LeBron. He, he, he said LeBron is, you know, probably top two or three that's ever played the game. Wow. Of course, Jordan, I think he said Jordan's the best that ever played the game. Loves Magic Johnson. Started going on about all these incredible stories. And finally, Dan Delmonico had a great story. He had flown out to Indiana when Larry was the uh, uh, GM. Not even when he was a coach. He was a GM. And uh, he was out there. Uh, so he was on the court when they were practicing, right? So the beginning of the practice, uh, they had, I forgot the guy who plays for Indiana, but he plays for San Diego now, and he was an inc- he's an incredible player, an all-star. And he goes, Larry, Larry was in a suit and tie, yeah. okay, he was a GM. He goes, Larry, you know, I'm so sick of hearing about you, and they say how great you were, but you couldn't cut it in this era. And, 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 and Larry's like, really? Okay. He goes, throw me the ball. So uh, the guy, I'll think the guy's name in a second. He threw him. He threw him. I think that was name was Larry something too. But he threw him the ball, and Larry goes, "Look, ten thousand dollars. I'm gonna start shooting out here at three point line, and whoever misses first, whoever has the most shots wins. wins." Larry's in a full tie, full shoes, you know, full suit. He starts shooting. After I think fifteen or sixteen in a row, uh, the the other player <laughs> just gave in. He, he never took a shot, and he gave him the ten grand. Well, you know, he he. Committed to that's why he's the legend. That's why he's the legend. So, Larry Bird, and he's supposedly going to come in here. Um, he, he, his agent gave me his uh, his agent's number, he gave me his own number to go play golf with him over. I've never done it in Naples, yeah, because he was living in Naples at the time, but great guy.
0: You he, freak out. He walks in right now. You freak I out. I freak out. Well, man. I have That's a special
1: guest. Le- no, I'm just no. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, are you kidding? Me? I would, this this. I would this never is, stop This is not a podcast. Yet. This is a Larry Bird reveal party. Hey, you would be in the Hall, Arbiter's Hall of Fame because Dan Delmonico is in the Arbitters. I promise him. Dan, you 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 bring, you bring come through with Larry, you're in the Hall of Fame at which is Who cares? It's a me? great Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. All right.
0: You threw out the first pitch recently. Right, right. There, there's a rumor that you threw it so hard that Billy the Martin dropped the ball. (laughs) Is that true? Please confirm. I
1: would say, look, you threw a hard fastball. I went in there and I, okay, I didn't take any practice. It was all over Twitter. I I walk (laughs) out to the mound with my son and my daughter-in-law. I I go right to the top of the mound on the rubber. I back off. I immediately It took me two seconds to throw it. I throw a strike. Perfect strike. Now it wasn't really super hard, but I sort of just put it in there perfectly. Yeah. And and Billy the Marlin, who's a friend of mine. I know him outside of the uniform. He he has this giant glove and he dropped it. <laughs> and I was like, "Billy, how could you?" You know. But it was right in his glove. But you know? but
0: you nailed it. I mean, I you see like it. all the goofs of like celebrities who throw like 50 cent through one in the in the stand. Oh, you, 50 cent throw was
1: horrible, but I saw uh, Johnny Manzell's throw. Yeah. And he was a baseball player. His He's throw was a quarterback, horrible. yeah.
0: Did you see his throw? No, it was terrible. It, horrible. Did you warm up before? Don't lie.
1: I swear to you, I didn't even throw one You went in cold
0: and, and fired it in there.
1: I did. One little pitch. You could see in the video that Grant made, Grant yeah. Miller. We threw, like, one little pitch, like, from here to there. That's it.
0: No, oh, you nailed it. All right. You have a special relationship with uh, yeah, my old high school, Christopher Columbus High School, right down the street. I told you, you know, before we started taping is uh, – Multi-generational, right? You see yeah. Grandpa bringing in his grandson, and I used to see here at
1: lunchtime and stuff like that. Talk to me about your relationship with Christopher Columbus High School. Well, you know, it sort of begins with Dr. Carter Burris, okay? Because Dr. Carter Burris is a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name is E. Carter Burris. I always joke, his E stands for Everglades. He's, <laughs> he's a He's got a, a Ph.D. In, in the Miami Everglades, yep. basically, that area, and also uh, uh, L, uh, Elliott Island down there. Uh, the thing is with uh, Dr. Burris, he's been going there. I think he graduated in 1962, if I'm not mistaken. He was one of the first graduating classes. And uh, we've just been friends with him ever since that time. And uh, But besides that, We've had a special relationship with Columbus because they're so close. And over the years, we've had a lot of Columbus guys work there, like Tom Desiato. Mm -hmm. Tom Desiato, the real Rudy. He's the real Rudy. I'll tell you that Okay. He worked here for years. He was really good friends with me and my brother. Uh, Lou Pagley, dear friends with us to this day. He played for Notre Dame. Um, uh, uh, Mike Whittington, who played for the New York Giants and played for Notre Dame, was a Columbus standout. Uh, a lo- all these guys over the years uh, I, um, just were Columbus people that we used to come to Arbiter's all the time. When we became very close with them, yeah. so those relationships. Now these guys have had kids and grandkids, yeah. and we're friends with their kids and grandkids. You know, so Alonzo Highsmith, he's on Arbiter's Hall of Fame. He just spoke at a luncheon for Miami's community newspaper today. And he loves our betters, you know, and it's just something like he started coming here in 10th grade. Yeah, 12, like me. And that's how it is. And and that's and Dr. Burris has brought for four, thirty-five years. He's brought uh, between 50 and 100 kids every year. Uh, that's one of their rewards. It's a reward. Yeah, and you could look at it like punishment, but it's a reward. They come to our betters, and that's a tradition that's going for thirty-five. What's years. funny is I always Brother thought Kevin. I too. thought you were a
0: grad of Columbus really? until today. I
1: well, I, you know, Doctor Burr says I'm an honorary. You're an honorary. honorary. You're a Columbus guy, guy for sure. I should have gone to Columbus because you know, you know, I was yeah. brought up Catholic. Yeah. And you know, my parents, I guess they had enough money for me to go there. They weren't rich, but we had enough money that I could have gone. But we went to Southwest. We're really, believe it or not, we're Southwest Eagles. That's, That's what awesome. We are, so. That's awesome. All
0: right. Before I let you go, we do <laughs> a thing called rapid fire on the show. And I okay. just ask you fun, goofy questions. Yeah. Just have fun with it. All okay. right. Ready? Yeah. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
1: Yeah, it is. It's a sandwich because it's got bread and it's got meat you know okay so i say it's a sandwich yeah is it okay to put ketchup on a hot dog absolutely down in miami it is not in you better be careful though if you're in chicago yeah right you might get the heck beat out of yeah exactly all right best stadium ballpark uh for hot dogs the best i've had was uh la uh dodgers the dodger the dodger dog yeah Yeah, that's the best i've had and then i'd say the fenway frank was second the
0: Fenway Frank. I gotta try the Fenway Frank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're right. The Dodger dog. Yeah. Is, Dodger is, dog was is, is good. Special. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Joey Chestnut or Kobayashi? Uh, Joey Chestnut. But I don't like the way I this. You don't like is, the way he eats it. I don't, I don't like the way anyone does the the. We we had a, a hot dog eating contest here in the 70s, and I was gonna bring it back, but because of insurance reasons, I didn't. <laughs> but it, when, the way we did the hot dog eating contest is the way they should go back to it. You you have chili on it. You eat a hot dog like a normal human being. Why you don't chili? dip in a one. Well, because chili dog is a lot more calories than a regular dog. It's hard to eat a chili dog. It is. I, and the it, record it, here is 18. I don't think Joey Chestnut would break 30 on a chili dog. Whoa. Maybe I'm wrong. Whoa. But what does he do, 65 regularly? Like, yeah, 65 in 13 and he dips minutes. And in water?
0: Yeah, I don't like the dipping in the water. I would
1: say give him an hour, and, and let's see how many they could eat. But maybe Joey could eat 50 in an hour. But if you gave him 20 minutes, I would say he'd eat about 25 or 35.
0: On your best day, how many hot dogs did you eat?
1: I think five. I can't, you know, I just can't do it. Grant Miller ate a bunch. But Ed Velasco from Southwest High School, he graduated in 1973. He ate 18 dogs. That's our record. He's on the our better wall of fame right 18 now. 18 dogs. Yeah. All right. Um, your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant uh, in Miami, I'm guessing. Yeah, my, whatever. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, I, I love La Carreta. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> literally great. your neighbor. It's, really, it's, it's literally my – and I love Frankie's Pizza. I'm old school. I really yeah, Which am. is also your neighbor. And my neighbor, yeah. yeah. The Pasquarellas are real good friends of ours and i love frankie's i love frankie's uh you know i like miami's best too miami's, miami's best is, is also is, is a great good. spot but i like all uh, family uh, joints i'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing yeah. a pattern oh yeah oh yeah okay
0: you're a big hurricane football fan mario Cristobal wins a national championship do you name a hot dog after him 100 percent. yes i'll
1: commit to that right now
0: wow live on the air what about alex Mirabal? also a columbus grad offensive line coach for the university of miami
1: Big R better guy. I'm friends with them on Facebook. Chris Ball an R betters guy too. I would 100% name an Alex Mariball dog. They both get a dog. This is how much I love the Canes. Plus, Alex Mariball's cousin lives in the house I grew up in. They live in the house I grew up in right now. <laughs> wow. So yeah, we got connections. Why, why aren't
0: you the mayor of Westchester? I, 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 well, you know something. <laughs> That's a whole other story.
1: Uh, we could go into that into another podcast. But all
0: right, there's a big controversy with R betters. Dr. Carter Burris did a bench press contest here. As I mentioned earlier in the show, if you don't know him, he's the most jacked 80-year-old guy. 100%. And people say that the spotter helped him a little too much. Can you confirm or deny that he may have had help with that bench press?
1: I, I'm going to make this a two-part question. I'm going to deny that he, that he had help. <laughs> but I'm going to say this. Dr. Burris is one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. He's a very dry sense of humor. But he had a thing. We called we we likened the uh, the Burris algorithm. So he made he made this uh, this this mathematical mathema- mathematical formula that basically added on. So he's 80 he's 80 years old, say, and if you were if you were 20 and you benched 400. He, he took that 80 minus 20 is 60. He times it by, like, 10, and he minus the, you know, 400 pounds off or <laughs> oh, whatever it was. Go. So you couldn't beat him. To suit his bench. Yeah, right. exactly. Mathematically, uh, you could not beat Burris. It was impossible. He would have to have benched 800 pounds. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I don't think he got help, but you couldn't beat him, so he won. All right. I pulled this right from your
0: website, okay. just sort of words of wisdom and uh, – Things that you live by here at the restaurant, Uh, which is hard work, be honest, and treat your customers like gold. My friend, I've been eating here since I was a kid. It is 100% true. You live by these words. Thank you. Uh, As a business owner, as a guy who grew up in Miami, as... You know somebody who loves your food. I am so proud of you. You're important to this community. You're important to Westchester. This place is an institution. It's a fabric of this community. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm honored to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so
1: much man, for your time. You Let's go problem. eat some hot dogs, brother. Sure, thank you so much <laughs> no for having problem, me. Man. Great show, and I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you.